Emergencies happen. We don't know when they'll happen or how much they'll cost, but we know they happen. So are you ready for the next storm in your business? Stay tuned. Tonight's episode is going to be awesome. You don't want to miss it. Our goal is simple, to help you achieve the dream and vision you first had when you thought about starting a business. We're here to make growing your business less complicated. There are building blocks to build a sustainable business. We promise to seek them out and address them all. The Better Your Business Show starts now. business show. I am Natalie, your host and my partner in crime, the coach for business herself, Miss Shanna Mavis. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. How are you? I am fabulous. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, I don't think I'm as busy as you are. <laughs> I don't know, girl. <laughs> I was getting notifications from you early this morning. I was like, whoa, go Shanna <laughs> in a sauna. <laughs> <laughs> messing around back there tinkering with the show stuff um yes. fortunately i don't have to do that much i just have to run yes. tests now uh, Tara, uh terrence does most of that stuff for me so we were testing some things to make sure everything runs smoothly here yes but yeah um, we had a little hiccup in our business <laughs> right oh, yeah yeah we did <laughs> Um, not necessarily a storm, <laughs> thankfully, right. but yeah, when things don't go right, it just kind of trips you up a little bit and you never, we didn't even know. And that's the crazy thing. And, um, I love that, you know, we were talking about this, this topic earlier in the week when you and I were just discussing it, because I know that a lot of people don't really think about, um, or they think about the disaster as it relates to the pandemic now. But there are so many other potential storms in your business. Uh, and when you really start to uncover that, it's it's just fascinating because it can come from anywhere. And if you're not prepared, take out your entire business. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, is that I I don't know if this is if I shouldn't even say this out loud, but there's a part of me that thinks if you're going to do big things, you better be expecting it and you better expect that it is going to be a storm because anybody that's done any big businesses has had huge adversity they've had to go through. I mean, look at Netflix. If you put on Netflix, how many shows is there on? There's like L'Oreal, Chanel, uh, Von Dutch, right? All the uh, Forever 21. It shows all their backstories and all the adversity that they've gone through over, you know, these times that they've been these big companies. It's big stuff. You know, I was like, I don't know. That's a lot to go through. I don't know if I could have handled it. You know, like Forever 21's getting sued by Gucci. Could you imagine if you're Forever 21, you're getting sued by Gucci? <laughs> That's a big thing. You think they were a little stressed out? So yeah. um, it just makes me think, you know, if you're going to do big adversity is adversity, right? It sucks going through it, but you know, you better just expect that it's going to happen along the way. So, yeah. And then expect the unexpected. Yes. Expect because, the unexpected. because no one knew what was going to happen, you know, 2008, no one knew until it happened. And then it's like, you're scrambling to make sure that your business stays on track. So um, we are fortunate in that we've got an expert to come in and speak with us. And he happened to be available this morning. We lost our original guest expert. Um, if you saw the posts that were being put out there by the wonderful Natalie. Um, but 
we, I met with someone on a one-on-one -on -one today and he has so much experience in this area. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, his name is Rolf Waldring, Rolf Waldring. Um, he is the CEO and founder of The Right Talent. He has held other C-level titles in different companies. He's just got this impressive resume, but he was talking to me and he was just like, oh yeah, I had to deal with that. I was CIO for this one company and you know, I had to deal with disaster recovery and preparedness. And so um, I was just like, hey, can you come into the studio with us and talk to us about this? Because we'd love to have that conversation with someone who's been there, who has helped other companies survive these storms. We've all, you know, or I know at least for me, I've gone on the side of it where I've been a part of it. You know, I've had to react to the storms, but I never had to worry about preparing for it. And so having him come into the studio, I think is going to do a world of good for our business owners. So Definitely. Rolf Waldring. Woo! Good evening. How are you? Good. How are you? Not bad. Thank you very much for inviting me to join you. I was super excited and I'm so excited for Natalie to get a chance to hear some of the stories you were telling me this morning um, because he's seen some storms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've sort of dealt with it all from big companies to small companies to major disasters to minor disasters, including at one point having to plan for me myself being killed as part of a disaster recovery plan. I'm I'm sorry, being killed. Oh yeah, there was, there no. was one situation in which the disaster recovery. We were in a building in a downtown Toronto, and the most likely disaster was a small plane from an airport taking out the top five stories of the building we were in, which meant that not only me but every senior executive in the corporation was gone, and I had to do the disaster recovery plan for that. It's kind of interesting planning your own death, right? <laughs> Yeah, um, to say the least, because I and, and I know I was just looking at the camera. I was like, OK, I need to close my mouth because <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me planning that, you know, because I, I know that there's succession planning. So in case, you know, this person passes away, but to plan for something like that, I hadn't even considered anything like that happening. Well, you know, the, the really great part about that, of course, is having deal with it on that level. Then I started to have to deal with it in my own business because I run a business now. I've talked to other business owners, small business owners about what they need to do. And there's a range of things that we have to think about that run from that kind of disaster to the other story I was telling you about squirrels eating through electrical cables and taking us out. So there's lots and lots of things that a business owner has to think about when they start having a business that they want to keep running 724 in order to service their clients. Yeah. Has there been like an, uh, something that shows up the most in that area that you see that it's like so many business owners have done this wrong. I've experienced this too many times. Yeah. You know, the, the, the one which is top of mind for all of us, and I was reading an article today, you know, the biggest concern that business owners of all sizes have in North America at the moment is cyber attacks. And cyber attacks relate also to the fact that we all use computers, but very few of us are thoughtful and disciplined about what it takes to back up our computer systems. If we lose our computer systems, we're usually scrambling. Yeah. We may not have the knowledge. We certainly may not have the data. And so one of the things that I always encourage people to do is develop a simple, effective computer backup plan. 
be very disciplined about executing it because in a case of a cyber attack you know the worst thing that can happen is they take over your machine but you just simply say okay guys go ahead kill my machine and you just recover it because you have all the backups and so it gives you protection on two levels it gives you more and more protection against cyber attacks and ransomware and all that sort of stuff but also if something happens to your computer for some physical reason or you have a crash of some kind you can recover your business relatively quickly and it's not that hard to do and these days it's not that expensive to do so, so go ahead who would that now i know i think i know who you're talking to but just to be clear now is that the person the, the mom and pop shop or the self-employed you know real estate agent or is that just big business that should be concerned with that uh, yeah my question the question i always ask people is do you use a computer <laughs> and if the answer is in your business if the answer to that is yes whether it's one or a lot my next question is do you have a thoughtful backup plan and you don't know how many times the answer to that is backup. What's that? And that is a real problem, both from the cyber point of view. But if you just lose your computer, you know, and, and it, it's silliness, you know, it's as simple as what happens if your house burns down and your computer gets lost? How can you recover? Even if you have insurance and a lot of small business plan insurance plans have backup components now that are relatively cheap so you can get some money to recover and buy the new equipment but if you don't have the data you have to build from scratch and you know a couple of uh, ssd solid state drives you know a couple hundred dollars solid state drives some backup software and a discipline uh, every night i back up my main data drive every friday night i back up my main c drive right and i take those solid state drives and i take them out of the house so that the house burns down all i have to do is buy a new computer and recover from those drives and i'm back and running in less than 24 hours yeah it's a major disaster but it's relatively straightforward to do and yet very few small business owners think about it and it's a real problem recovering from losing your computers is almost impossible unless you have backups yeah Wow. That's, there's wisdom, so much wisdom in that, because I know that a lot of people don't think about it. Like I have a backup plan occasionally, but I don't do it every week. I'm not, um, I don't do it on that regular cadence that you're talking about. And I would be devastated if, yeah. you know, like Fitzroy, he was, he texted us a week ago and his computer fell. So he's now without a computer for a couple of weeks. And if that happened to me, I would be extremely devastated because all of my business is on this machine, yeah. right? And I don't remember, I, it, and I'm ashamed to, well, no, I'm not really ashamed to say, I'm, I'm just acknowledging out there that um, it's real what you're saying, which means that now I'm thankful that we've had this conversation because I can do something about this. Yeah. So, so you know, and yeah. it takes a little bit of discipline. And if that discipline means you put a card on your desk, which says back up at five, <laughs> right? If you need that kind of reminder, that's a relatively cheap investment just in case. <laughs> and it used I, to be, it used to be onerous. It's not onerous anymore. It's easy, it's straightforward. And if you really need to find out, right, go to chat 
GPT and say, please show, give me a backup plan for my computer. Here's my computer configuration. And it will spit it out. Wow. Well, I love it. <laughs> There so, you go, Shanna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, for me, it's just like, um, I would like for my computer to tell me that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, how, that's how reliant I am upon it. But yes, you know, you're absolutely right that I, it is a practice that, you know, not just me, but any business owner out there that's listening, we need to be doing that. If you're a small business owner, we are all on our computers or our phones or what have you. We are our data is so tremendously important. We've talked about how important data is in everything. It determines and dictates everything. And if you lose that, you've lost your business. Right. You're set well, back. You know, things have gotten better. Like Microsoft has a backup component in Windows. Apple's got backup components. You know, so the tools are there and there are lots of vendors around now that will provide you with reasonable backup and all that sort of stuff. But it used to be an expertise problem. How do, how do I learn how to do this? Well, there's a new tool called Large Language Model AI, and it can really help you. Like I, I, I often now go to um, ChatGP4 or Claude2 and say, here's my computer configuration. Tell me how to do this. And yeah, I take the steps to verify it by going and following it through. But at least now we have a tool that we can tap the expertise that exists on the internet and make it much more real and concrete and much easier for small business owners. And that's been a fabulous change. And I think not many small business owners realize that that what used to be expertise that you had to pay a lot of money for, you can now access through this amazing new tool called AI. And that's one of the great uses of AI. Yeah. <laughs> I see Carlton in the back. I love that Rolf loves chat GPT. Um, <laughs> Well, you know, I'm not going to promote any particular, but if anybody wants to do that, you know, it's easy enough and, and offline, I can tell them a little bit more about how to do that and what some of the best tools are. But that's, that's, that is the first and most important vulnerability for most small business owners, right? And I have yet to meet in the past five years, a small business owner who says, no, I don't use computers in my business. Right. And I'm sure you've had the same experience. Right. Yeah, I guess um, I'm curious about, well, I want to dive into a couple of the other ones, because if that's the top one, what are some of the other ones that business owners need to be paying attention to? Because we want to prepare them so that it doesn't sneak up on them. And all of a sudden, this happens, right? Right. And, and so, you know, then the other issue is, you know, what happens if I do take this hit and I need to take money? So you need to have a conversation with your insurance agent about your small business insurance, because small business insurance now very often for a reasonable price has the capacity to fund your hardware recovery to provide you with some kinds of, of issues. Of course, if you're in a business where, you know, it's actually incorporated in a small business and you have partners, you need to be thinking about partnership insurance and all of those kinds of things. But that's the sort of, okay, I need the cash now, just like I need the cash to recover if your house burns. It's the same kind of thinking, except you need to apply it to your small business. And fortunately, the insurance companies have reasonable plans 
that you can begin to get at least some level of protection. So have, if you haven't done that, it's worth having a discussion with your insurance agent, your insurance broker about how can I protect myself financially in case this happens and what will that cost me? And then you can make a thoughtful decision about yes or no. But that's, that's the relatively rational, easy side. What's the more difficult side is, and, and let me tell a story. So at one point as a CIO, I was responsible for, for disaster recovery for a large insurance company, thousands of employees. And, you know, we put the computer center in place and, and all of that sort of stuff. And we demonstrated that we could bring up the network again at an offsite location in about 12 hours. That's pretty good when you're talking about, you know, uh, hundreds of thousands of records, millions of records and all that sort of stuff. But then I said, let's see what happens here. Let's play the simulation game. Let's at one morning at nine o'clock, you know, as people come to work, close down the office and say, hey, the office burned down last night. We have a bunch of buzz buses here and we're going to bus you to the offsite location and you're going to do today's work at the athletic location. It was an absolute disaster. And the reason it was an absolute disaster is because when they got to the outside location and people logged back on, this is what we started to hear. But I need my notebook that was in my desk because that's where my passwords are. Oh, yesterday's information is on pieces of paper on my desk that I haven't put into the computer yet. And we began to realize that you really have to start thinking about how you rethink doing your business in order to recover from a disaster. And again, that's not something that people start to do. But I've become much more aware of what would it take if I had to recover my small business if this facility I'm sitting in burnt down. And yes, I have the backups and I can get the computer and go to an offsite location and I've got the insurances. But I try as little as possible now to store information off the computer. So instead of putting it in a notebook, I put it in a Word document, which gets backed up every night. So as little as possible, I'm a dependent upon physical things for storing information. And we eventually, in that insurance company, went through a year-long education process where we help people start to do that. So that when, if there is a physical disaster, that... And even if you recover your computers, you're not suddenly dealing with, but my passwords are all on the other side of my keyboard, right? They actually had that in an encrypted document on their drive. So when we recreated the drive for them, or you recreate your drive, you can go to that encrypted document. It doesn't take much. Again, ask Claude 2 or ChatGDP, how do I encrypt the Word document or whatever your favorite word processor is and encrypt it on your drive so that it's safe from cybersecurity attack. But you can, when you sit in front of that recovered computer, have all the information you need in order to do your work. It's crazy to think about people still jotting down their passwords, but I know a lot of people who do. I, I, literally to this day, I know people who will write down their passwords and, you know, it's, it's just like, it, it's kind of astounding. <laughs> right. You know, and, and so what I'm really saying is if you're going to make the shift to computers, start thinking about how you shift everything to that computer. So when you do that backup at night, you're backing up everything you need from an information point of view to cover your business. 
Like I used to keep notebooks and all that sort of stuff because I'd go to meetings. I don't keep anything anymore that's live and necessary to my business that isn't in a document on my computer. And if I'm afraid, you know, and that includes my banking information. If I'm afraid that uh, somebody could have access to it, I encrypt it or I use a tool like Evernote and I, you know, put it up on the cloud, I encrypt that. It's just thinking about, you know, sitting down one day and saying, if I lose my office and my computer, even if I recover it somewhere else, what do I need to get my business going again? That changes people thinking about that. Like I said, when we did the simulation, we ended up with, you know, 250 people saying, but, 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 yeah, I know I have my computer back, but I can't do my job without all of this information, which is in my desk. And that's when we started to educate people about you got to store it all in one place electronically or you got to store it in the cloud electronically. It takes a little bit of learning. But in a case of a disaster, it means that you're not dependent upon. And I hate to call it old fashioned, but older <laughs> ways of thinking. <laughs> old school. <laughs> yeah. We love it. <laughs> Natalie, one of the things that he brought up was insurance. And I, it just made me think of key man policies. I keep hearing, I've heard you say that a few times. Um, can you let the audience know what we're talking about there? Because it's, it's an important component here. Yeah. So the key man policy would be protecting a key person in your pit in your business, an, an important person in your business. So for example, my business partner and I, we would have key man policies on each other. Shanna, I'll use Shanna as an example. I, 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 she knows just a couple months ago, I'm like, maybe I should get a policy on Shanna. She's irreplaceable. She, she's, I don't know if you guys, if you saw at the beginning of the show, it's like, oh, I was doing some stuff in the back. If I had to do the stuff that Shanna did, it would my head would be beating against the wall. I could never slow down and be that detailed. I would have to replace her. So without her being in the business, I would need to be able to pay someone to get to learn everything that she does, do all that. It would cover her and vice versa. If I wasn't here, then it would replace me. We'd be placed as that key person in our business. So it keeps us in business. When I had left the company I was with for uh, 15 years and started with my new business partner, he was fully the financial backing. We were there like working, but he paid for everything. So I got a key man policy on him. Why? Because if something happened to him, our, we would have not stayed in business since he was all the money, right? So that would be some ways to protect yourself with key man policies, key employees, key business partners. Right. And it's yeah. such a great incentive to keep people around too. <laughs> Last tip, test it, right? Uh, I spent some time working with uh, the disaster recovery people, the, the, you know, the, the, <laughs> the earthquake disaster recovery people. And I learned why they run simulations, why they simulate disasters, because you build relationships without pressure in order to have effective relationships under pressure. Mm. That's a fundamental tenet of the people who are experts at disaster recovery, FEMA and those kinds of people. That's why they do simulations. So it's really worthwhile, you know, even in a small business saying, you know, once a year, we're going to pretend that I lost all the computers and try to recover them because you learn some things and you learn about the gaps that will really allow you to harden your approach to that. And when it does happen, you'll go, yep, done this, been there, and you won't go into panic mode. And that was working with the people 
We actually did a, a huge simulation around earthquake disaster in the city of Vancouver around hospitals. That simu those simulations are essential, even with your business partner, if your business partner happens to be someone you work with every day. Just taking out a day a year or a morning a year to simulate your disaster recovery plan will harden your ability and ease your nervousness. Yeah. Yeah, Carlton put like fire drills in schools and it made me think about, I was volunteering um, at the church that I go to. I was in the children's ministry area and that was one of the things we had to do was, you know, simulate if there was a fire, how do we get every one of these children out, make sure that they're all accounted for. So it was walking through that exercise so that if the alarm went off, we would know exactly what to do. No one's scrambling, no one's worried and everyone would be accounted for. It just makes things so much easier. Yeah, yeah I, I, I love that, Rolf. Is there like a, what's the size of company that you recommend starting these drills? Where do you need to really start paying attention? Uh, I would, I, you know, I do it as a solar entrepreneur. Every once in a while, I sort of, you know, and, and I work with a lot of associates, but it doesn't matter what the size of your company is, right? Smart habits are muscle memory for the mind. That's the phrase that I use. And you build smart habits through practice, right? So by practicing and simulating a disaster, you build the smart habits, which allow you to respond as if you had muscle memory in the mind. That's the key to it, right? And it doesn't matter what size your business is, just going through it. The biggest advantage you will get is that you won't panic because you've been there already. Right. That was the learning from working with the FEMA experts and with the, you know, uh, police forces and all those kinds of stuff when we simulated large scale disasters, building those relationships and having had the practice reduces the anxiety. It becomes a OK, been there, done that. Let's go. So I know it's it's time to transition, but I have one more question. <laughs> so we may skip the the Jessica business segment if we need to. But um, what happens, Natalie and I, as we were talking earlier, the unexpected. So no one really expected the pandemic or the recession or, you know, so how do you quickly adjust to something like that? Now we can prepare. Right. But how do we adjust quickly and on the spot? Well, you know, part of the problem is it depends, right? Uh, I told you the story offline before about the squirrel, which ate through the electrical wires. That was totally unexpected. Right. So how do you prepare for that? Well, you know, again, by running these simulations and doing things and sitting and brainstorming and saying, what the hell could happen here? Right. Taking the time to do that. You may not cover all of them, but you'll develop a habit of responding to the unexpected. You'll develop the, the resilience to respond to the unexpected, which will make such a difference. That's the other benefit of simulation and doing a little bit of, of scenario, what you know strategic planners call scenario planning, right? It isn't that hard to do. And you know, uh, what I do is I open my favorite uh, word processor and say, well, or, and again, I recommend it, go to one of the, the AI tools. Next year, it's gonna be all about using them and saying, I run a small business. What unexpected disasters might I have to deal with? And you'll tap into that tremendous body of expertise that those tools have learned from across the internet. 
That's the big advantage of AI is that we can actually tap into expertise that was very difficult to tap in before. And that's, that's the way I recommend people use it. Think about how to access that tremendous body of knowledge. And don't be afraid to say to it, oh, I think you're wrong. Show me another way. Because these are just software tools, but they're software tools which access the best of human thinking. No worries on me arguing with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We do have about a minute. Natalie, should we go into Just Good Business? Sure. Okay. Um, So this week, if Carlton will pull it up, our Just Good Business segment is a company. Normally we talk about people, but this time I wanted to, I saw something about pets. Um, And I loved that this company, it's Dog for Dog. um, They have this uh, mission to donate 5 million pounds of dog food um, over the course of, you know, I guess it's, they had some time frame, but um, if you go on their website, it used to be that they would donate one for one, right? But now what happens is um, you can see a counter of how much your purchase, uh, you know, how many pounds of dog food, how many dogs you're feeding in shelters. Because what they were noticing is that um, the shelter animals, they weren't being euthanized because um, there was no room. They were being euthanized because they couldn't feed them. And so in, in order to eliminate that problem, yeah, yeah. So I, I was surprised when I saw that, but, um, they, the founder of it, he came on, he got some investors, huge investors. Like I think Snoop Dogg is one, Michael Buble is on there, Chelsea Handler. Um, there's a lot of big names there, but they came on board and, you know, invested in this company. And so now they've got these healthy products for your animals, but for every purchase that you make, you're actually feeding an animal in a shelter. And then they've spun off into like, you know, this show that they do that save our shelter and they go in and just make a difference and get animals adopted. It, it's, it was really just impressive to me that, you know, someone else is thinking outside of that. I know that typically I'm going to go on the human side, but you know, these animals deserve to be loved and cared for as well. So yeah, it was just impressive to me. So dog for dog, just good business. Having rescued German shepherds for a lot of years, I have strong support for that. Let's go do it. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Yes. (laughs) That's so cute. There's a guy I follow on Instagram who's a groomer and he does, um, he turns them into like different kinds of animals and stuff. Like he'll make them like, like Pokemon characters or he did like Bambi or just whatever. And he'll go down to the shelters before adoption day and he'll get them ready for adoption and he'll fix them up or he'll put, you know, some things on to make them pretty or whatever to help. So it's so cute. I just love that. Uh, Another unexpected disaster. I did some consulting work with one of the humane societies here and, uh, the unexpected disaster is rats got into their food stores and destroyed months and months of, of dry dog food. So you never know what unexpected disaster could hit you. You do never, you never know. All right. So we you are going to head know. into a quick break. We will be right back. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> 
As an entrepreneur, you have a vision of business that will change your life and the lives of others. Pillar 5 helps you set realistic goals and expectations. When you choose Pillar 5, you can be confident that a team of experts has your back at all times. Regardless of where you're at in your journey, we want to ensure that your business survives, grows, and flourishes. You'll know which step to take as you build your business in sustainable and successful. No more guessing where your business could be or where it's going. Join Pillar 5 today. Tonight, we are talking about, are you ready for the next storm in your business? And we had our awesome guest expert, uh, Walt Woodring, with us. So that was great. He gave us a lot of awesome nuggets. And now yeah. we're going to have Jen Hogger come up, right, for our, uh, well, I forget what this segment's called. Jen's going to join us <laughs> as our business owner that's coming on. So <laughs> I can't remember what you called it, the segment. <laughs> Sorry, Jen. No, that's okay. We're I was so like, super excited that you're here for sure. I'm excited. Good. I'm so excited. tell us a little bit about you and your business. Well, um, I guess I can go back to high school. Um, <laughs> I won't won't say how two years ago. <laughs> um, so I just I had a friend who was into photography. And so I've always had this love for photography. Don't know why. And then it wasn't until um, years later, I was gifted a camera and just um, decided to learn on my own. So YouTube, thanks to YouTube. (laughs) Awesome. And so you do uh, boudoir photography and um, personal branding, social media marketing, social branding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I started out with uh, family weddings um, and then I was introduced to boudoirs from a makeup artist and I just fell in love with that aspect of it. Um, Just helping women to remind themselves to love on themselves, especially moms. (laughs) Well, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Especially moms because we see everybody else first. Right. And then we feel a little guilt. Uh, we're thinking about ourselves. So 
Yeah, I love the photos. Some of those photos were just beautiful. Well, all of the photos were beautiful, but some of them really touched me, you know, just mm -hmm. seeing how comfortable the women looked in their own bodies. And so, you know, kudos to you for capturing those moments um, and kudos to them for sharing that. You know, I, I, it was amazing. You should check out. The, I know we're going to put up your URL, mm -hmm. but go to her website. Look at some of this work. Um, yeah, it was fascinating. Um, we're going to bring Rolf back into the studio for you so that we can talk about a couple of the challenges that you brought up um, was one that's well familiar to so many people mm -hmm. was um, I don't prioritize marketing myself. You know all of the things to do, but you struggle with either the time management or you're, there's something, there's no priority in marketing your own business right. um, or even personal branding, right? Is that, am I understanding that correctly? Right. That's, that's curved. That's, that's on point, Shanna. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the third time I've heard this this week. I want you to know, one, you are not alone. <laughs> I am also one that does not take the time to market or brand myself. Um, thank God for Natalie, who does all of the stuff for the show. And I just get to piggyback off of that. Um, but yeah, it, it is, it's a prevalent issue with a lot of solopreneurs or small business owners. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to hear, you know, some of Rolf's feedback on that. Um, and then we'll get into, you know, where you're looking for help. Sounds good. Thank you. You know, I've, I I struggle with it in my own business, and we could talk a lot about it. But for many years, photography was my favorite hobby, right? And I actually have a photography website and stuff like that. So I never branched to be professional, but I talked to a lot of professional photographers, and I learned a lot by going on courses. But I also learned something very interesting about marketing photography. Um, do you know who Joel Grimes is? Oh, yes, I do. Right. So he's very famous for his sports photography, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a local photographer who's who I talked to who taught me some things who said, hmm, I really want to do this, but I want to do it for kids, for grandparents. I think there's a business to be made doing that kind of photography for kids, for grandparents. So he did the typical thing. He put up a website. He did internet marketing. He put his pictures up on Instagram. And his experience of marketing that way was really not very great, right? And so we sat in a chat room one day talking about marketing and somebody said, well, you know what? Photography is all about pictures and the internet's about pictures, but grandparents don't spend a lot of time, a lot of them on the internet. Where do they spend time? Well, they drive their kids to hockey rinks or hockey games. They drive their kids to ball games. They take their kids to all the gym, to all kinds of sports arena. Why don't you put a simple poster together saying, you know, your kid as a sports hero and show some examples and take those simple posters and stick them in every hockey rink, every community center, every ballpark, every place where grandparents and parents get together with their kids. And his business took off. It just blew him away. He couldn't keep up with it, right? And yeah, he had a good business plan. But we often forget that the internet's not the only marketing tool, mm -hmm. right? That there are ways of doing that. And another local photographer who really focused in on 
wedding photography, took that idea, and she went and built a relationship with every hair salon and beauty spot in town and put her pictures up in there and marketed that way. Same thing happened to her. Her business just took off, right? And so, you know, for me, who was a CIO and an early internet champion, one of the things that strikes me is the old ways are not necessarily dead. <laughs> Yeah. You got to think about where is your audience congregating and what turns them on. And, you know, grandparents are so proud of their grandkids and having that picture up on the background that, you know, on aluminum, you know, four by five picture of, you know, there are some grandparents in his business who have that picture taken every year. And that's not a cheap piece of business. Uh -huh. I love that. <laughs> Well, and it allows you to build relationships. That was one of the things is building those um, partner relationships. And I think Jordan Duvall talked about that a little bit last week. And um, I know others have talked about it. Sandra uh, Connor has mentioned that, you know, you're going in there and you're speaking to, you're finding where your clients are. Um, and you're not having to go through the social media, the, you know, just this vast ocean of other photographers who feel like, okay, let me put all of my stuff out there. I'm going to put my portfolio, no yeah. harm in that. You're, it's, you know, but it's, it's a tool. But if your clients or potential clients are in the hair salons, you know, thinking about your boudoir photos, um, if, if that's where, if they're going and getting their hair done, then go and partner with a photographer, you know, or a hair salon and see if you can just put, business card out there or put a poster like Rolf was saying, something that just showcases you in a different way and cuts through some of that noise. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, I got a lot to say about this, but I know we only got a few minutes. I got my brains going crazy. But I just think, um, you know, if you're doing social media marketing, you have to have a presence on social media. It's mm -hmm. a must because Absolutely. people want to see your work. Absolutely. Um, and if I'm someone who's shopping around looking for someone in social media marketing, I'm going to look at their page. I'm going to look at the results that they're getting. I'm going to look at what they're doing. And we've had lots of people come to the show and reach out and we look at their numbers and told them no because of that. Right. So if you're not practicing what you're preaching, you're just not going to be as attractive would be the first Absolutely. thing. The second one thing would be if we're going from employee to self-employed, it's about the habits and behaviors. Right. And if we're not prioritizing our business, it's because we don't have the habits and behaviors yet there yeah. yet. The, the priority can't be the job. The priority has to be the business. So whichever way you have mm -hmm. to make that a priority, I don't know if it's at midnight, you schedule your stuff for the week or whatever, but you have to be the priority if you want to be a successful, have a successful business. Otherwise you're a successful employee, right? Those mm -hmm. habits have to shift. And my last thing is, and I always say this about myself, because I ask myself the same question. Why do I post on social media? I don't, I, I, my, my schedule's so booked. I'm not even, I'm just doing it as part of our brand for the show at this point, to be honest with you. But um, if Coke and Pepsi can do commercials numerous times a day, <laughs> have the sales that they have, I can post my, my four or five times a week on social media. I can make the time to do that. If these multi-billion dollar companies that are taking Netflix, right, that are dominating the industry are still taking the time to do it, I can take 10 minutes out of my day to do it for myself too. So I'm going to add a little bit to that because uh, I agree with what Natalie's saying. I don't particularly care for it. I've hired 
and marketing a digital marketing agency. If this is something, so it's, it, it is, you know, you're prioritizing it, but it doesn't require that you do it. It doesn't take you away from, you know, running your business. There's so many other things that you need to do and it can be done for so cheaply, right? Mm -hmm. You can find any number of people, whether it's Fiverr, whether it's, you know, a platform like that um, or the agency, and I'm happy to give you their information. There's, <laughs> there's so many options out there that prevent you from having to feel like it's one more thing that you have to take time out of your day or away from your family or, you know, whatever's going on in your life. So, right. um, completely agree with Natalie. If, if, when we're talking about the social media side of things, mm -hmm. just look at getting someone else to do that for you. Your business will pay for it and it will, you know, reap the rewards for the photography side. I agree with Rolf, you know, look at those other options, those avenues where your clients are, and then put yourself in those positions, find some strategic partners there. Right. You know, there are now photography sites which allow you to do portfolio sharing with clients and all those kinds of things. So there are really some really great tools out there. And I agree the social media is is, is still something that I do. But one of the things that I've learned is that there've got to be some metrics in place, right? There are we're in living in the world of the instant expert, this instant self-declared expert, right? And so uh, you know, I get maybe 20 or 30. Uh, oh, I'm a lead generation expert. I can generate leads for you. And I always ask one question. How many of your leads convert to real business? Show me the statistics. Right. Yeah. Right? Yep. And that eliminates a lot of, uh, because a lot of them won't talk about that. And so I, again, one of the things that it impresses me so much is that there are really good people who understand that and, you know, Shana's talked about, you know, who she uses that you can delegate the task to. But there's also really good expertise about how you measure that expertise and don't learn by, you know, how you qualify people who really know what they're doing. And that's been a big difference, I think, for me, you know, as I struggle with my own marketing, uh, I've spent. Anyway, I want to I'll stop it there. You really need to know what's success before you hire somebody. Well, I think I if I can jump in and on here, the um, <laughs> Natalie knows this so much. I mean, Natalie knows this about me. Um, I love stories. I love people's stories. So that's the personal branding side of me. And that's the part that I fight. Like, how do I tell my story to connect with my audience or my ideal client? You know, that that's because the marketing is there, but I think everybody wants to know the story. Why should I do business with you? Yeah. So struggle with you know, that. Especially in a in a business like boutique, which you know really depends upon a personal connection between you and your clients. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. And yeah, and I, I would think, Jen, for you, just a couple of those collaborative partners would be huge. It doesn't even seem like you would need that many. You know, you have two collaborative partners that probably book you, <laughs> right. you know, if and, they're in the right industry. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's you know, true. and the, the delegation thing is, you know, like I start to spin. So when I think about delegating, hmm, I don't want to run around to every uh, hockey rink in town. You know, there's a valuable resource called teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> Find some of those. I love those. <laughs> For business. For business. 
-hmm. one of the things that Carlton, I, I can see him typing in the back, um, he said, do a video interview. Yeah. And like that. And then use Opus Clips or one of those types of platforms to chop that up into manageable pieces. And then you can release that if, you know, for the time that you're doing it yourself before you start um, mm -hmm. looking for someone to hand that off to. It's easy enough. You can record, tell your story and then just break it up into those pieces. So you've got a vast amount of content. You don't have to worry about, you know, creating so much, create once and then repurpose that. Yeah. See, I know this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Prioritizing it. It's right, right, right. Yeah. No, it's, it's just. Yeah. Well, and so, and because we only have a few minutes left and, and because it's, you know, the topic is, are you ready for the next storm in your business? I'll, I just want to take a second to share my story regarding Jen, because Jen did my social media marketing for 14 months. All my pictures, her and her business partner did all of my content and they did that for me at the start of the pandemic. And so that was huge for me to have it. That's what's got me to be consistent the last three years with my social media marketing. But that was, you know, an umbrella or insurance policy in my business, having access to her and having that marketing during that time. I mean, I was getting people were so uh, concerned about insurance. I was getting 12 to 14 referrals a day just from social media during that time. Yeah. And that was from all the, the stuff that she was doing for me. So I know that it works. Yeah, because you were staying consistent and you you Same. now have a library of photos instead yeah. of like, oh, I don't have content. You know, yeah. yeah. I love it. So it saved Oops. me. <laughs> you know, people think prioritizing means I got to do it myself. Uh, that's not necessarily the case, as Natalie and, and Shannon have pointed out. Prioritizing means I got to pay attention to it and get it done. And sometimes right. the best way to get it done is by engaging somebody else, as they both talked about. You're still prioritizing, but it doesn't always mean you got to do it personally. And I get to hear your story. <laughs> <laughs> that's the struggle. Like, oh, do I want to hand it over to somebody else? I have a hard time with that. But yeah, no everything that you guys are saying it's it's so true it's that's where i'm struggling oh well you know another conversation we could have is i can teach you how to do that better but that's another story <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say i've seen a lot of classes online because i've been wanting to take one to my myself jen that just to make yourself a better storyteller because i feel like i've struggled with that too with my own self but one thing that i've learned is it's constantly changing and evolving anyways. The reasons that I've fallen in love have changed over time anyway. So, yeah, you know, yeah, just kind of not giving myself too hard of a time on what that looks like and just sharing from my heart. This is this is what's going on now. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. Well, thank you both so much for joining us. It was awesome. There were some great tips tonight and hopefully uh, everyone got some great information. And Jen, hopefully that will help you make some different choices going into the new year. And, and Raul, thank you so much for just all your years of wisdom and, and what you've shared with us. I know everyone go to LinkedIn and see your profile. We're in some of the same entrepreneur groups I noticed too. So, um, but yeah, so thank you so much for joining us. Thank Good you. luck with that shutter and clicking that button. <laughs> thank, you, Raul. Yes. thank you. Thank you. All right. Did Fitzroy join us? Yes, there he is. I see him. It is that time. For it's your boy Fitzroy. Anyway, hey, what's going on, ladies? Hey. Hey, hey. <laughs> I'm, ready. I'm ready. I'm ready, Natalie. I'm ready. 
Hey, I want to know, has anyone has anyone noticed? I don't I don't really call Fitzroy Fitzroy. Has anyone noticed that before? No, what do you no, call? No, you've him? never called him. I call him GQ. <laughs> <laughs> That's from like, like wow, years ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're gonna play top five, and today we're gonna do what are the top five most profitable franchises so okay. if you don't want to i heard you guys talking about um uh advertising and stuff like that if you don't want to advertise you just want to buy a business what are the top five most profitable franchises that you can just buy chick-fil-a I was gonna say wait, 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 wait. So you so both of you tell me your five. And <laughs> who, gets them, who gets them? Why are you pitting us against each other? I'm trying to you... if we're together, then then we both win. <laughs> <laughs> or you both lose. <laughs> All right, I got okay. mine. Oh man, Natalie. Okay. Oh, look, look at that. Okay. okay. Well, hold on, hold on. You're probably not right, but wait. this like if I was thinking about <laughs> buying a, a, a franchise. These are the ones I've looked, I've played with. So I would say McDonald's, Pizza okay. Hut, Chick Fil A, car wash, and laundromat. Which okay. I wouldn't know what the car wash like, but you know, I want oh. one of those car washes that I know. Okay. <laughs> so I would go with um, Chick Fil A, uh -huh. Domino's. Um. I was, I did think McDonald's as well. Okay. Um, but franchise goes beyond just food. It's not just it fast food, right? Correct. You're talking, okay. Um, oh, okay. Home Deep. No, no, they're not. Fr no, do they have franchises? I don't know. Okay. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to try Ace. Mm. Okay. Ooh, Lowe's. And Ace Hardware? REI, yeah. Is REI still in business? They can't be that profitable if you think they're not in business. I just realized I don't even know if they're still in business. Okay, but those are my five. I'm just I'm just going with it. All right, all right, all right. Okay, so and for those of you playing at home, write down, get a pen and get a paper. You can do this too. The top five most profitable businesses are number five, Domino's Pizza. Woo! One for Shanna. Number four, 7-Eleven. Oh. oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. They, they do about $89 billion in sales per year. Number three, believe it or not, Burger King. I, I don't, yeah. Wow. Right? <laughs> I guess I shouldn't say that. They're barely even in California anymore. <laughs> yeah. They're doing 23 billion in sales. Jeez. Number two, another one that caught me off guard, KFC. Oh, 27.9 billion. Wow. And number one, obviously, McDonald's at 100 billion. And both okay. of you got that. So the winner tonight, Ms. Mavis. 
Okay. I feel better about this. I feel good. And you know, the only reason I know Domino's is because we, whoever it was that was a guest expert on that was talking mm -hmm. about it was trash pizza. But they did. <laughs> no, I, I, I know. Or was it? I think it was someone that was on the show, Natalie. I feel like a couple weeks ago, someone was on a show talking about how, you know, and I like Domino's, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I like trash pizza, I guess. But it was, you know, they were saying it was trash pizza, but they do so much business because mm. they've gotten their, you know, everything is down to a system, right? Right, like right, right. Yeah, it, but they, they, and they pivoted and they know, and they continue to pivot. They continue to just innovate and, you know, people are just wowed by that because it's like, oh, I don't even have to see anyone. You're just going to have a car drive up with my pizza and I can just go out and get it. Awesome. It, it's weird, but it works. <laughs> so, it's crazy you thought about them. I forgot Domino's existed. Like, I didn't even think Domino's was still a thing, but yeah, yeah. you're right. It's oh, I'm thinking five. Little that's Caesars has the five dollar pizzas. It's not even Domino's; it's Little Caesars. Yeah, that's <laughs> another one. Ace Hardware is actually was actually number six. Ooh, wow, Shanna! Look out! Yeah. I'm killing it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. I, I thought it was going to be about movies, honestly. But um, okay, but I feel good about this. I know some businesses that are making money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's going to do for me. <laughs> so the world's worst cheeseburgers are number one. Just throw it yep. out there. <laughs> the importance of a system. The importance of a system. Yeah. And you can rely yep. on it. You know, whether, and I don't eat cheeseburgers, but, and I don't like Burger King because it always, you can taste it all day. You know, yeah, I, I, I taste flame boiled all day. Every, so I'm just like, I don't, but you know, if you like that, I love it, I guess. <laughs> okay. You like it, Natalie, I love it. Natalie, you have a money minute for us. We got All it. right. We want to talk um, about money. <laughs> Thank you, Fitzroy. Nope. Yeah. You know, my, my money minute was just going to kind of tie around back to us talking about are, there, are you ready for the next storm in your business? Because one thing that we didn't touch out, which I think we can could be a huge storm, is what if something happens to us where we can't work? And making sure that that is protected because if we're self-employed or we're the main person running our business, all of a sudden we get sick and can't work. We have to have place stuff in place to do that. So I know that Rolf talked a little bit about the insurance. Life insurance with living benefits is a great way to do that. A lot of you guys know that my family had COVID really bad. My husband and his two older boys were in the hospital. I didn't have one stress about money because we all have life insurance policies with living benefits. So what that means is, and we didn't even have to end up using them, but if we did have, if we needed extra funds for anything, we could access those accounts now to pay for those things. So it's life insurance, yes, which means we use it when we pass, but the living benefits we're able to use when we're alive. And they don't cost more money. They're included with life insurance policies, right? The new kind of life insurance includes living benefits. So that's crucial. I think it's more important than life insurance, to be honest with you, because we can raise 15, 20,000 to take care of a loved one's passing, but someone's dying from cancer, needs to have a major surgery, whatever, that can really um, deplete funds. And especially for going towards retirement, a lot of times people have to use their retirement money to pay for their medical care. So 
get that life insurance protection. I had actually seen somewhere the other day, someone posted that our second biggest expense in our lifetime would be insurance. I, I had never heard that before. So I've been kind of playing around with it because you know, I love insurance, Jana, but I thought hmm, our second biggest expense insurance, but you got to have it. It's important. All right. Well, let's cover grants? a few grants real quickly <laughs> before we get off of here. I think Carlton's going to bring them up on the screen for me. All right. So we covered this one last week, but I want you to know it is going to expire soon. The American Association of University Women, they have several programs available, but you need to apply before next Wednesday. So go in there, check out their website. We're going to make sure that we release these. I know Natalie posted them last week. We'll make sure they get posted again. Um, what's the next one that we have, Carlton? Women's Net. So the Amber Grant, $10,000, November 30th. Um, they are giving away several grants, but this month um, was for women-owned technology. So go in. It's a $15 application fee, but it's so fast and easy. They just want you to speak from the heart, and you could potentially win $10,000. They've given away nearly half a million dollars. So they're, they're wow. doing it. Um, next one that we have is a Texas grant. It's Houston Texans and Amogee Bank. I think that's how you pronounce it. $5,000, nominate a business owner, um, small businesses. So keep that in mind. But here's all of the criteria that you have. You've got until November 15th on that one as well. So just a short period of time, but you need to be in the Houston area. Stacy's Pita Chips and Hello Alice. Um, the Stacy's Rise Project, they're going to give preference to women-owned businesses. But if you're a small business and you meet all of this criteria, you would be considered um, but you need to be willing to participate in a 16-week mentorship program. And I was like, bonus. So that's amazing. You've got until December 1st. So a little bit of time on that one, but I wanted to make sure that you knew they're giving away 10 of those for $25,000. And then um, this is California. So I was trying to look at some of the local grants. You guys, there's so much money out there um, for these programs. I looked at state by state. I'm going to keep trying to find different ones. A lot of the ones in California were um, expired, but they're coming back. So this one was the um, department. Uh, these, they're concerned about hiring disabled um, individuals. So they have a $20,000 to $200,000 reimbursement fund for you hiring. It'll pay up to a month's wages, advertising, training, um, or if you even have an internship for individuals with disabilities so they can learn job skills. You've got until the end of the year from what I could see for that one, um, go there. And then the last one is a Texas-based one. This is um, $1,800 for new employees or $900 for incumbent employees. It's allowing them to uh, boost their skills. So this will help better your business, right? So they will cover up to $1,800 for courses for your employees as they're coming in, or if you've got new employees that need to learn different skills in order to improve what's going on in your business operations, um, Texas Workforce Commission is gonna pay that. So check that out. I think that's awesome. it. Awesome, awesome, great stuff. All right, well, thank you everyone who joined us tonight. It was an awesome show and uh, we're excited to see you next week. Do something today that will help you better your business. Go fill out some applications for those grants, right? Those yes. don't have to be paid back. Your business, the number one struggle we hear people talking about is money, money, money. And like Shanna said, there's money everywhere. Just go get your share. Um, I'm following, I follow a lot of grant people on Instagram and they were going through some of the numbers for every 10 you apply for, you should 
get two that want to accept your offer, I think is what she called it. So I'm assuming you get two that pay out. I don't know, but hey, those are great numbers. That's 20%. So go fill out 10 applications and let us know what happened. We want to know, did you get some grant money? So thank you everyone. And we'll see you soon. Ciao. Our goal is simple, to help you achieve the dream and vision you first had when you thought about starting a business. We're here to make growing your business less complicated. There are building blocks to build a sustainable business. We promise to seek them out and address them all. The Better Your Business Show starts now. <laughs>